I want you to know it's good to be here. And of course, I'm, I'm a very way of your time frame. So I'm not going to waste time. But of course, God is always worth to take time out to give glory. I just ask that you give God a hand praise just because he is God. <laughs> Nothing else. Just because he is. Amen, amen. And of course, to save time, you know my wife is here. You all know her sister hers. And of course, you know my daughter is here and, and Simone. I just ask now that you pray with and for me that God will speak a word to you. Because it matter, no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you are in life, make no mistake about it. God has a word for whatever you are and whatever you're. Amen. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, thy son, we come with thanksgiving in our hearts, Lord, thanking you even in the midst of this demic. We thank you for all things, Lord God, because you're still sitting on the throne. The world may think that you are in control, but we know you're still in control and you're still calling the shots. And we are so grateful that we're your children. Because day in and day out, we go in amidst the virus. But we thank you that you haven't kept the virus from getting inside of us. So we praise your name. And we ask all these things, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus. And now I pray, Father God, that I was, you would speak through me to your people. A word that would encourage them. A word that helped them to hold on. A word that trusts you more. A word, Lord God, that no matter how the circumstances look, that you are still able and faithful in all that you do and say. So we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be coming from the book of Job, chapter 1. The book of Job, chapter 1. And I'm going to just read the first three verses, then I'm going to skip down and read a few more. Job, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And it reads as follows. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 oxen, yoke and oxen, and 500 she asses, and a great, very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Skipping down to verse 14. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabines fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. 
While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans came out of three bands, and fell upon our camels, and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smoked the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. Only I, I brother, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 20, 21. Then Job arose and ripped his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to talk about life. And I want to use the example of this corn. On the head side of this corn, I want to call the Lord gave. And on the flip side of the corn, which is the tail side, I want to call that, and the Lord has taken away. Now, on the head side of this corn, the Lord gave. And you have no problem worshiping God on the head side of the corn. Why? Because he has gave you so much, and you are so thankful of all that he gave. So you have no problem saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. But on the flip side of the coin, the tail side, where the Lord has taken away, I want to talk from the subject, are you able or can you rather worship God on the flip side of the coin? Can you worship God on the flip side of the coin? And I want to talk about three things. The Lord gave, secondly, and the Lord has taken away, and thirdly, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, in order for you and I to be able to worship God on the flip side of the corn, on the side where all is taking place is the Lord has taken away, in order for us to be able to worship on that side of the corn, you and I have to have a biblical faith. In God. Now let me share with you the difference between faith versus sight. I'm quite sure most of you, all of you probably remember the story about Mary and Lazarus. Rather, Martha was at the grave site where Lazarus was buried. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha replied in so many words, you might not want to do that. Because by this time, he stinks. Because why? He's been dead four days. Jesus replied, didn't I just finish telling you that if you were to believe, then you would see? Now, I want you to notice that order that Jesus used. Jesus said, if you believe, you'll see. Too often, you and I want to see, and then we want to believe. 
But unfortunately, that's not biblical faith. Biblical faith is once you believe, then you will see. The reason why Martha had a problem with Jesus being able to raise Lazarus from the dead is because of the physical conditions that Lazarus was in. And she couldn't see Jesus being able to raise Lazarus from the dead. Earlier in those scriptures, right, when Jesus came on the scene, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Now, what Martha was really saying was, I believe that you could have kept my brother alive while he was living. But now that he is dead, and not only is he dead, what, but he has been dead four days. His body has begun to decompose, and he now stinks. You see, Martha had never heard or seen of anybody being able to do such a thing. She didn't have any problem believing Jesus could have kept Lazarus alive. Why? Because she either had seen Jesus heal the sick or she had heard about Jesus healing the sick. She could see that happening. But now at the grave site, she could not see Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead because of all his physical condition. You see, Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. It's the evidence of things not seen. You see, whenever I can see and believe, that's walking by sight. But when I can believe and don't see, that's walking by faith. You see, make no mistake about it. Faith and sight does not fellowship one with the other. You're either walking by faith or you're walking by sight. Now, in our text... In verses 1 through 3, it talks about Job, how he trusts God, how he chooses evil, how he fears God, reverence God, you know, how he worships God. It talks about all the children he has. And then, of course, verse 3 talks about all the possessions that Job has. It says that there is none like him in all the land. He is, he is richer than anybody in the land. But I want you to know, Job right now is on the head of the coin. He is on the side of the coin where the Lord gave. And therefore, he is highly blessed and he's worshiping God. So my question to you is, right now, let's say you on the head side of the coin, the side where God gave. You have no problem blessing God. Why? Because you're saying, God gave me a brand new car. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. God gave me a new house. Oh, praise his name. God is good. Bless the name of the Lord. God gave me a new job, making more money. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. I had counsel, and guess what? God healed my body. Oh, bless the Lord. He's a good God. You have no problem blessing God, worshiping God on the head side of the coin. Why? Because things are good. Things are happening that you love, that you enjoy. So you have no problem blessing God. But every once in a while, I don't care how good things are, every now and then, God will flip your coin of life to the other side. On the side where there's no more God gave. The only thing happening now is the Lord is taken away. 
And my question to you is, can you worship God on the flip side of the coin? When the only thing happening is he is taken away. Can you still worship God on that side of the coin? Make no mistake about it. It's easy to worship God when things are going well, when you've been blessed and things you love. That's not a test of your faith. Let me share with you an example, John the Baptist. When John the Baptist came on the scene, John the Baptist preached up a star. He said, Jesus, there's one coming after me who is preferred before me. Why? Because he was before me. Who was shoelace, I'm not worthy to unloose. He said, he's going to baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist one day saw Jesus coming. He said, look, there he is, the Lamb of God. He has come to take away the sins of the world. Listen to John the Baptist. Now that he's on the head of the side of the coin, he said one day, the Lord spoke to him and said, on whom you see the dove land, this is him. John the Baptist said, I bore witness. Nobody didn't tell me this. I didn't read in a book. I myself bore witness that I saw the dove land on him, and I bore witness that this is the Son of God. Don't John the Baptist sound strong? Don't he sound like his face is sure who Jesus is? But right now, I want you to tell you, he's on the head side of the coin. Oh, but when the side where everything has been given to him, he got freedom. But one day, God flipped the coin on John the Baptist. And now he found himself on the tail side of the coin, on the side of the coin where now the Lord has taken away his freedom. And he finds himself in a dungeon. Now listen to John the Baptist's story. While he is in the dungeon, on the flip side of the coin, he called two of his disciples, sending to Jesus with the message, are you the one? Or shall we look for another? After all that powerful preaching, he preached about who Jesus was while he was on the head of the corn. Now that he's, his corn has been flipped, all of a sudden he's going through. All of a sudden, now he is sending doubt about who Jesus really is. I want you to know that our faith is like tea bags. You don't really know the strength of your faith until you find yourself in hot water. The flip side of the coin is the test of your faith. You don't really know about your faith, why things are going well, why things are going good. But once God flipped that coin, that's the test of your faith. And here you are now. One day, God has flipped your corn to the other side. Picture yourself, now you're living on the side where the only thing that's happened is the Lord is now just taking away. That beautiful C-A-R that you had, the Lord has taken it away. And now you find yourself catching the M-T-A. <laughs> Can you still say Blessed be the name of the Lord. That new house you had, the Lord has taken away that house. And now you'll find yourself living with relatives. 
Can you still open your mouth and say, blessed be the name of the Lord? That good health you had, now you find yourself with an eternal illness. Can you still open your mouth and say, blessed be the name of the Lord? It's a different story. Anybody can worship God when he's just given. I'm quite sure you've heard unsaved people on your job or in your neighborhood or wherever. They, when there's something good happening in their life, they'll say, God is good. But me and you as Christians, it should be a whole different story. If all I can do is bless God on the head side of that coin when he's just given, then I'm a poor Christian. I would never grow to spiritual maturity if I can't handle the flip side of that coin. I have to be able to handle the side where God is taken away. Can you handle the flip side of the coin? Because on the flip side of the coin, God is only taken away. Or have your voice microphone been muted where you no longer can give God praise on the flip side of your phone. If you want to be able to worship God on the flip side of the coin, you have to get a but if not belief. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king called him in for questioning because the king had built this golden image and the command was, whenever you hear all these instruments, everybody is to bow down and worship the golden image. Of course, you know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will not bow. They didn't bow down. And their so-called haters, conspirators, ran to the king and puffed the king up. Oh, great king, you know you are magnificent. You are great. And did not you... Put out a decree that if everybody's supposed to bow down when all these instruments are played, he said, oh, sure, yes, I did. He said, well, I know three <laughs> who did not do it, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the Bible said the king got furious. He was enraged. Why? Because he's saying, look, I'm the king. When I put out a decree, everybody's supposed to obey it because of who I am. And he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego called unto him. And he said to them, is it true that you did not bow to the golden image that I put up? He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. Because you're from a foreign land, there might be a language barrier. You know, so I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you to bow because, I don't know, maybe you got arthritis or rheumatism. So I'm going to give you an incentive to help you bow down when you heard all these instruments play. And he said, and then, then the king got smart. He must thought, he must thought who, he forgot who he really was. He said to himself, and who is that God that can deliver you out of my hand? He had mistaken Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to a little g. But he had no idea that he was messing with the real thing. No, no, no. He didn't have it, but he will soon find out. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king and said, O king, let it be known unto you 
that the God we serve can and will deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us. Now, I want to stop right there. Because, you see, that's the head side of the coin where most Christians love to live. I don't, Lord, long as you can deliver me from whatever you plan in my life before I go through it, I'm good. I can worship you. If I always know you're going to deliver me, then I can praise your name. Because most of us, we don't want to go through. I remember Bishop said one time that suffering gives birth to growth. And, of course, you women can really attest to this. Because when you got pregnant, I know some of you did a whole lot of suffering. <laughs> I mean, I remember my wife got pregnant. I'm telling you, <laughs> she didn't take no medication. And, buddy, some of the things that came out of her mouth, you would have thought she was speaking in tongues. <laughs> but after all that suffering, when that baby came forth, then it brought you joy. It brought you smile. You know, because now you have brought new life into the world. Suffering gives birth to growth. But if we're honest with ourselves, who loves to suffer? I mean, who really wants to volunteer to go through a lot of suffering and pain and hurt? I mean, that's not something that we really desire. But in God's plan, it takes place because it grows and matures us. I'm quite sure a lot of, a lot of things right now that you're able to bear, a lot of things right now you're able to stand, it's because of some things you done been through in the past. Over the years, you have grown. There was a time that some of you, somebody said something wrong to you, you would curse them before they even opened their mouth hardly. But now you don't be able to restrain yourself a little more prayerfully. <laughs> you know for yourself that a lot of people you couldn't stand, but because you have grown, now you are able to stand them a little more. You see why? Because you have grown in Christ. And you can look back over your life and you can see how you done grown in some areas of your life. Suffering gives birth to growth. But then that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that side of the corn is the head side of the corn where God will deliver. God will deliver. But you see, if you only got that part, you, you just, you're not going to grow the spiritual maturity. But I thank God for the second part of that, of that statement. They said, but if not... That's, the, that's what you and I got to get to. We got to be able to get to that worship, but if not, part. They said, but if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not worship your idols, nor will we bow down to your golden image. I'm telling you right now, you and I, we got to get to that but if not part. You got to get to the part where you say, Lord, I know you were able to give me another car, but if not, I'm still going to worship your holy name. Lord, I know you're able to give me a new house, but if not, I'm still going to glorify your name. Lord, you're able to restore unto me those things that I've lost, but make no mistake about it. But if not, I'm still going to glorify your name. You got to get to the point where you can handle that, but if not. Because once you can handle that, but if not, you can talk to the devil then. You can tell that devil any which way the wind blows, it's cool with me. You can tell the devil, hit me with your best shot. Why? Because Satan can't do a thing with you when you get to the point where you can handle that, but if not. Because, see, it don't matter what comes your way then, you're still going to worship God. On the head side, you're going to worship on the flip side just like you do on the head. 
Whatever he throws your way, you'll still be able to stand and worship God. Why? Because you'll be able to handle, but if not, that's where you and I in our life we got to get to. If you want to be able to handle the flip side of the coin, because make no mistake about it, every once in a while, whether you like it or not, God is going to flip your coin to the other side. And since you know he's going to flip it, the smart thing for you and I to do is what? Is to be ready for it when it comes. There are too many Christians who are not ready for it when it comes, and they find themselves crying like a baby. They're like a soap opera Christian. Do you know any but Christians? Have you ever tried to call and console some Christians because they're going through stuff? And every time you give them a good word of God, what the Bible says, they'll say, yeah, I know, but. You'll try again. Yeah, but you know, God is faith. He did before. Yeah, I know he did before, but I tell you, see the problem? The problem is they need to get their butt out of the way. It's their butt that causes them to lose faith and trust in God. You got to get to the point where you trust and worship God no matter what. It's hard for us sometimes to see where we are in Christ. Because you see, just like uh, around Thanksgiving, when you fix that turkey, right? And once you keep checking that turkey, and you might have your the thermometer inside of it, and it might go off, and on the outside, this turkey is nice and brown and pretty. But you know what you do? You check the insides. You stick a fork or something, long fork down in there. Why do you do that? Because you know looks can what? Be deceiving. You're trying to make sure that what's showing on the outside is a good representation of what's going on on the inside. Well, now that's what's happened with Christians. A whole lot of Christians, if you look at the outside of them, they dress fine, they can talk good, got their Bibles, they say the right things. On the outside, they looking good, smiling. But on the inside, sometimes it's not the same thing. And the problem is you and I don't always realize where we are on the inside. So you know what God does? Every once in a while, God himself will send a, the fork of trials, that fork of tribulation, that fork of sickness, that fork of losing your job, that fork of somebody in your family acting up. Whatever it is, he'll take that fork and he'll stick it in you and so you can see how well or not you are done on the inside or not. It's for you and I to find out. And once he sticks that fork inside of you, whatever it is, your reaction, your response will automatically tell whether or not you are done on the inside. God has said, I don't want no medium well done Christian, nor do I want any raw Christians. He said, that's the reason why a whole lot of us, he said, we have to put us back in the fire. He said, because we got to cook us some more because we're not done enough for him. Every once in a while, God puts you back in the heat. And he knows when you get done. He knows how much it takes to cook us. And once he cooks us enough, then he take you out of the heat and you can live a little longer. And the last thing is this. Too many of us complain about each individual thing in our life. Well, let me help you out because that's not scriptural. Romans 8.28 says, now we know that all things work together 
to them that love the Lord, to them that have been called according to his purpose. It says all things. Now, I'm so glad I got a lot of people here I know from the South, no people from the South, because you can help me out here. I need to make a cake from scratch. Who can help me? What kind of parts we need? Vanilla, egg, flour, butter, parquet. <laughs> All those things. Baking soda, milk. So if you go around and taste each individual one of those parts separately, some going to taste good, some going to taste horrible, right? But what happens when you mix all those parts together with your beater or your hand real fast, and you mix it well together, and once you mix it together, you put them in a pan, and then you put it in the oven, and you keep testing, checking that cake. And once that cake get done, and you cut a slice of that cake, and you taste it, all of a sudden, now, only thing you're saying is what? Mm-mm, good. Well, what happened? You mix them all together. But when you taste them individually, there were some good and some bad. Well, God is saying, that's what I'm doing with your life. Stop going around taste testing individual things in your life and complaining, moaning, and groaning. He said, because that's not what my word says. I promise you that when I get, I'm going to take each individual part of your life and I'm going to mix it together and I'm going to make the cake of your life. And when I get finished making that cake and you get a taste of it, I promise you it's going to be good for you. So stop tasting, taste testing individual parts of your life and complaining. And wait until God gets finished making a cake of your life. Because make no mistake about it, nobody can make a cake like God. Because God has made the best ever been made. Because one day, he made a cake out of Jesus' life. And he went to Calvary's cross. He died and he was buried and he rose again for our sin. And once he rose again, that sweet cake of salvation was provided for you and me. And there is no other cake that ever been as good as that cake and there never will be. No one can make a cake like God. God bless you. You may be here. And I know I talked about the corn, the flip side, the head side of the corn, and the tail side of the corn. And sure, you probably can say, I can, you have the head side of the corn because things are going well. When things are going fine in your life, you figure you don't need God. Everything's going good. You, you're good to go. But that head side of the corn, <laughs> that's not what saved you. And surely you can't have the flip side. No, you have to get another source of help in your life. Because you see, whether you believe it or not, the truth is the truth. You don't have to believe the truth. And just because you don't believe the truth, that does not change the truth. And I don't care how many of you get on your side to disbelieve it. It still doesn't change the truth. God, what God says, stand. It will hold through all eternity, whether you like it or not. And this is what God says. For all have sinned and come short of his glory. 
God said, for the wages, the penalty, your earnings, for all your sin is death. But then he gives that great big but, that, 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 that world-changing but, that life eternal but, but, and that's a serious but. That's the but. That but is saying what before that but was one thing, but before, after this but, there's something different. For the wage of sin is death, but. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He gave the answer. You're not going to get the gift of eternal life through coming to church. You're not going to get the life of church membership, singing on the choir, being a good person, doing all kind of good deeds. That's not what that scripture said. That scripture said the gift of life is only through Jesus Christ. No one else. Water baptism cannot wash away no sins. Too many people have went to the wrong rule book about getting saved. If you think water baptism washes away your sin, then you went to the wrong rule book. You went to a book about washing clothes or something, taking a bath. Because the spiritual rule book says something totally different. If you believe that doing good deeds can get you salvation, once again, you went to the wrong rule book. You went to the rule book about living, being a good citizen. But that's not what the spiritual rule book said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the Father except you come by me. And the good thing is, it's absolutely free. Jesus made salvation absolutely free. All you have to do is believe and receive. Believe in his death his burial, and his resurrection, and invite Jesus into your heart by faith, and salvation will take place. And if you're here today, if you choose to be saved, if you have uncertainty about your salvation, now is your time. You can come. Because God loves you, and God wants you to spend eternity with him. But it's your choice. Amen. Give God a praise. Everybody say that they're saved.